Thanks, worship team. That was a blessing to be a part of. It's, it's good to be around people, right? Isn't it nice? Man, uh, I just got back from camp with our student ministry. Uh, we went down to Tennessee. I see a couple of you in here. One, awesome. Romy, we, did we have fun? We had so much fun, right? Um, so we went down to Tennessee. We heard from the Lord and also, my feet are ridiculously swollen. So if I don't move back and forth a lot, that's why today. Um, I am not used to running around as much as I did this past week. And it took, took a lot to get my, sh- my feet in my shoes today. So, um, but we're all set. So today, uh, I want to preface what we're going to talk about with the gospel. Right? I imagine that all of us in here know what the gospel is. But let's just do a recap. The gospel is the power to save us. It is our connection and our reconciliation back to God. The gospel is that Jesus is God. That he lived the perfect, sinless life. And even though he was sinless, he died on our behalf. And when we put our faith in him, our sin goes with him to the grave. And if that were the end of the story, that'd be really sad. But Jesus rose from the grave. But when he rose from the grave, he left our sin there, dead. So that when we put our faith in Christ, we are actually raised with Christ as well. And so the gospel is not just the power to put our sin in the grave, but the gospel is the power to raise us up back to life. So that we can walk in a new life. And that new life is what we're going to be talking about today. Ephesians 4, 17 through 24. I'll read this and then we will pray and continue through the message. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They're darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ, assuming that you've heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. To put off your old self which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Let's pray. Father, we come to you humbly today asking that you would mold us, asking that you would change our hearts. Lord, teach us not to be calloused, like our former manner of life. Lord, teach us to to put off that old self daily. Lord, as we open your word today, Lord, I pray that you would be the voice that I would fade away and that we would be molded because we aren't changed by Andrew Wilson. We're changed by your word and your Holy Spirit. It's in Christ's name that I pray, amen. Got lots of calluses. A lot of you guys probably have calluses. 
working with your hands, right? Got some head knots. My dad used to have really like rough hands. He'd always keep this really thick lotion in the car. And I'd be like, why do you have lotion in the car? He's like, my hands are drying out. And so he'd have these huge calluses on his hands. And uh, I started getting calluses when I started being a man and doing manly stuff, you know, like yard work. Uh, but what a callus is, is the hardening of skin due to friction. The hardening of skin due to friction. And when we, we think about the people who are Gentiles, or we think about our former life, Paul calls them calloused. He calls us calloused in our former ways of life. When we accept Christ, the callous is supposed to go away. We're supposed to be given a heart of flesh, a new life, not a hardness. We're supposed to be open and loving and accepting, not hard. The old you is calloused and greedy. The old you is calloused and greedy, and we hear that here. Verse 18 says, They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. When we're alienated from God, we are hard, we are calloused. And what follows is this. Greedy, impure, sensuality, it's all focused on me. When we are calloused, we aren't looking at what other people need. We aren't looking to the needs of others. We aren't looking to love one another. When we're calloused, it's all about how can I build up the kingdom of Andrew Wilson? How can I build myself up? What's best for me? But, when, but what we will learn later on is that God doesn't call us to live an inward life. God calls us to live an outward life. The old you is calloused. A lot of you guys, maybe, who's been a Christian for over 15 years in this room? Anybody? Over 15 years? It's easy to say, all right, 15 years ago I was calloused. And then from that moment on, I've never had a calloused heart ever in my entire life. Right? From that moment on, I was the softest and most tender person to ever walk the face of the earth because Christ is in me and I am perfect and I am good. But no, right? The old you is dead and in the grave like we talked about. It is buried with Christ, but sometimes he likes to try to creep back in. She likes to try to creep back in and say, no, don't care about them. They don't need you. Don't, don't concern yourself with the care of others. You, you got you. You care about yourself. And what it means to put off your old self is to completely and always deny that thing that says self-preservation is more important than caring for others. We've gotten pretty feisty over the last couple months uh, in our culture with trying to care for me, right? I've got uh, one of these in my pocket, right? right? It's a, this is a mask. I know they look weird until you unfold them. So it's a mask, right? Sometimes we say, I, well, if, if the mask 
is about caring for other people. I don't, I don't need to put it on. They're taking away my rights if I'm made to wear a mask. But if I'm wearing a mask to care for other people, all of a sudden, we start to look a little bit more like Jesus when we start to take the focus off of ourself and our rights. And sometimes we have to abandon our own rights to care for other people. A calloused heart is the one that says, I'm more important than them. That's the old self. And oftentimes, especially with me this past week at camp, I want to sleep. Yeah? I want to sleep, but this student needs to talk. I want to move on throughout my day, but this student needs a ride to go get stitches. Caring for other people takes patience, and it takes not focusing on what I want and focusing on what others need. The old Jew will try to creep in. It thinks I, me, my, and it is selfish. We've been in our houses a lot lately, right? We've been quarantined. And in our houses, everything that we have is ours, Everything that we have is focused on me. It's my care. I'm going to do it. And so I think we need to open up and remember that there's a whole other world out there that needs you. There are people out there that we need to care for. So let's continue in the word. I think this is the crux of this passage. Verse 20 says this. But that is not the way you learn Christ. What's not the way you learn Christ? Greedy, practicing impurity, sensuality, calloused. That's not how you learned Christ. And then Paul does this really funny thing, assuming you have heard of him, right? Assuming you know the one that laid his life down for you. That's not how you learn Christ. You did not learn Christ as the one that did only care for him and his own stuff. You learned Christ differently than that. So how did they learn Christ? Well, let's read Philippians 2, 3 through 8, and you don't have that slide because I added this this morning. I'm sorry. Philippians 2, 3 through 8, you can write that down. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves. Which mind? That one that looks to the interests of others, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself. By taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. He emptied himself. He was humble and died, not for his own sake, but for ours. Christ lived and taught a new way. Christ lived and taught a new way. He emptied himself. He was self Less. He was selfless. I think a lot of us need to do a heart check this morning, myself included. 
Am I living more selfish or, if I, or am I living more selfless? Do I care about my own rights or do I care about the needs of others? This new way, I was trying to figure out how they did learn Christ, this, specifically the Ephesians. How did the Ephesians learn Jesus? They learned it through Paul. But there's one moment in Acts where Paul is talking to the Ephesian elders. And when he's talking to the Ephesian elders, he quotes Jesus and he says this. And the quote, I'll, tell, I'll let you guys know when the Jesus quote comes. But in verse 33 of Acts 20, it says, I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who were with me. In all things, I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, these are the words of Christ, it is more blessed to give than to receive. That's how the Ephesians learned Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. And there was much weeping on the part of all. They embraced Paul and kissed him, being sorrowful most of all because of the word he had spoken, that they would not see his face again, and they accompanied him to the ship. Paul loved these people, and he left them with that final word, it is more blessed to give than to receive. That is this new way. The new way of Jesus Christ is that it is more outward focused. It is focused on giving rather than receiving. It's focused on building others up rather than building my own kingdom up. It's focused on helping the church rather than helping myself. That is the new way. It's only by the power of the Spirit that we go from selfish to selfless. You cannot do it on your own. Verse 23 and 24 lead us to this last, uh, second to last point. You cannot produce the new. God must create it. You cannot produce the new. God must create it. Let's read that. Verse 21, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self. Now, if we pause there, it would feel like, okay, I have to put, on, put off something, then I have to put on something new. And we would think, okay, it's all on me. I've got this. I'm gonna put off the old, and put on the new. But it doesn't stop there. What does it say? It says to be, to, and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. This week at camp, we kind of learned a little bit of what an altar is. An altar is not the place up front at the church. An altar, especially in the Old Testament, is where things go to die. 
The altar is where they would bring the sacrifices. And they would kill them and they would lay them down as a precious offering to the Lord. We need to build altars on our hearts and daily die to ourselves. To daily put off the old self that says, I'm focusing on me today. We live in a culture of self-care, and it's praised that if you need to take a day and watch Netflix for seven hours, that's okay. You do you, self-care. Or, hey, you've got to do some self-care and take, take a week and just take your mind off of everybody around you that bothers you. Make sure you mute people on Facebook that you disagree with or argue with them until you're blue in the face. That is not the way you learned Christ. Putting, putting yourself in a position where you can just enjoy you and all of your own passions, that is not how you learned Christ. We learned Christ is to put ourselves in situations and to help the weak, to help the hurting, help people that you disagree with, help people that you dislike. Jesus tells us that it's easy to love people that love you back. But to love the people that hate you, that is hard, and you will need Christ to do it. So Christians, as we love other people, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we have to love the people that we hate and that hate us. And you cannot do that on your own. You can't. God must create it. I think we, were, we read James 4 for the confession of sin today. When we approach God's word with our own opinions and self-absorbedness, it's a new word, we come, we come to it and we, we say, okay, I'll read this. And then if I don't like the way that something is said, I'll put it up and I'll just keep living my life. And I won't submit to the word of God, but I read it and I did my job today. But we have to come to this two-edged sword, as Hebrews calls it, ready to be stabbed. We come to this to rest on it. We come to the word of God to be changed by it. We come not so that we can have an opinionated conversation later on in the week. But we come to the word of God so that we can submit to it and live by it. Live by this word. Submit to it. You are not over the word. The word is over you. Submit to God's word. He speaks through it. He uses his Holy Spirit to illumine it in your lives. And that's how God creates the new in you. Every single moment of our lives is an altar where we present ourselves to God as a living sacrifice. 
We must continually repent and continually put off the old self, continually call it to die and to live up to our new name in Christ. Last and final point. This kind of sums it all up. When God renews me, my focus leaves me. All of the sins that Paul lists in Ephesians 4, 17 through 24, are all me. It focuses on me, my, I, kingdom of Andrew. Build it up. Pleasure. But Christ says it's more blessed to give than to receive, so don't think about your life as it's just consuming and concerning you. Your life is about other people. In Genesis chapter 5, we get the story of Abraham in his, in his tent, and God's about to reveal to him his plan for the nations. Right? And we've kind of been in our own tent. We've been in our quarantine. right? Like I said earlier, everything in our house belongs to us. Everything in Abraham's tent was all his. He's probably got you know, his clothes, he's got his bed, he's got some little food that he earned himself. Before God showed him his plan for the nations, he had to do something. Genesis 5.15 says that he brought him out of his tent. Abraham knew what stars looked like. Abraham knew exactly what the night sky there looked like. God could have just said, hey, you know the stars that you saw before? Um, You've seen them, you know them. You know how there's tons of stars? That's going to be your family. God could have done that. But Abraham had this small view of God because he had this view of himself. He had all the things in his tent. And God brought him out of his tent. And he said, look up. And when he looked up at the stars, think about it. There's no uh, light pollution. He's in, the, he's in the Middle East. And there's countless number of stars. The night sky is probably lit up almost completely bright. And God brought him out of his tent to look up and say, look, it's not about you and your stuff anymore. Look, it's about me and my kingdom, says the Lord. I'm not blessing you for you. I'm blessing you to bless the nations. And so when you follow Christ, when you put your faith in him, it's not about you anymore. When God renews you, it's about others now. It's not about your kingdom. It's about God's kingdom. It's bigger than us. So some of us in this room need to have a new repentance. A time where we repent from our selfishness and move towards selflessness. To put off the old, as Paul says. Some of you need to remember that God's not selfish. 
that he chose to give his only son so that we could have new life. Some of y'all need to remind yourselves of that. Remember that God's not selfish. He cares for you. He wants to bless you. Some of you need to remember that life's not about how much you can gain. It's not about greed. There's a song uh, by Wren Collective. They're an Irish band or Welsh something. They talk funny. Uh, but they sing this song and it's, it's beautiful. And this is kind of the heartbeat that we should have as believers. We seek your kingdom first. We hunger and we thirst. Refuse to waste our lives for your, our joy and prize. To see the captive hearts released, the hurt, the sick, the poor at peace. We lay down our lives for heaven's cause. We are your church and we pray Revive this earth. So how do we know if God is renewing or reviving our hearts? How do we know if I've put on the new self? It's easy. Where is my focus? Is my focus on me? Or is my focus on God and others? Is my focus on me? Or is my focus on God and others? Christian, we cannot do this by any power of our, on our own. We must submit to God and his word. And the Holy Spirit will guide us and teach us how to love others when it's difficult. Let's pray. Father, you are good. You are selfless. We see that even in the Trinity, Lord. How we know that you're selfless because you our community. Lord, we praise you that you weren't selfish, but you gave your only son so that we could inherit the kingdom of God. Lord, teach us in our own hearts that it is better to give than to receive. Help our focus leave us Renew our hearts today. And it's in your son Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.